Yo, not gonna lie, this sound gets me hard as a fucking rock. Yo! I'm afraid so, Brad, but isn't it nice? I'm very shallow and empty, and I have no ideas and nothing interesting to say. And I'm exactly the same way. If I had a stake, I would fuck it. For God's sake, Sammy, Emma Ford speaks of a latency period. You join us on a sunny day in Friedrichshain, Berlin. And Nicole O'Connor there, bearing a knife, looking at it <laughs> questioningly. Where did it come from? Who will it end up in? Yes. Is it curved enough to perform a home circumcision? It's very curved. It's like a little mini Grim Reaper kind of side, only it's uh, been made a little bit more portable than that. You might even call it a scimitar. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> For some reason, it's on our desk. Um, <laughs> some people like to call it a knife. I call it a sling blade. Can't <laughs> no. use to cut grass. I, I want, uh, if anyone is listening, um, that is talkative. Um, does anyone remember sling blade? Because Garrett has like very vivid memories of sling blade, and I never heard of sling blade. Does anyone remember the Academy Award-winning film Sling Blade? This is a film that in America, at least in the 90s, was considered a great classic on a par with any modern Tarantino or P.T. Anderson film. You know, the fact that it is a a, a crude caricature of a mentally handicapped man performed by a a, a narcissistic actor does not not mean that people didn't worship it as, as a piece of high art. Yeah, so Sling Blade has nothing to do with sex unless that's what you're into. Is uh, <laughs> a 90s movie, a very mid-90s movie about Billy Bob Thornton is uh, a mentally handicapped man who uh, killed his mother and her lover with it, like a, well, a sling blade. I don't know what a sling blade is, even though he does try and describe it. Um, it's a scythe. He's, he's describing a scythe. Yeah. It's Forrest Gump if Forrest Gump did a murder. <laughs> and it's we're supposed to like him? That's a, that's a one of the strangest parts about the film. I don't know how, how I got onto this, but we are here on our new podcast, Sorry. which now has a name. Uh, Everybody Wants to Love You, after the, um, the Japanese breakfast song of uh, the same name that I have not been able to stop singing over and over and over again ever since we picked the name. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, today we're going to discuss pulling in a follow-up to our uh, last episode with uh, with our friend Constantine, where we touched on the subject of uh, of how to pull and how to get aboard on what you do with when you got that. Um, we're going to talk about that. And it was it's brought up to me because I was just uh, on the Twitter and I saw I came across this amazing account, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with, but it's new to me, called Incel Pickup Lines. I mean, I haven't heard of it, but it can only be gold with a with a name like that. It's it's something else, and these are all, all real. They're taken from you know Twitter and various Reddit posts, and they're you know they're so they 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 lead with um they're all in the same format. It's that the ones that they're picking on in, in this thread are from the account learn attraction and um they they're they started you know something like you arrive at your local restaurant and you notice this young woman sitting alone how do you open and then inevitably the replies are just madness so in this this particular one i was looking at it's just obviously a you know ungodly gorgeous young one sitting there with her her baps half hanging out (laughs) someone has replied hello Seeing you, I noticed the, your perfect manicure and the cross-shaped earrings Maybe you believe in God. I used to believe in angels, but the devil is a fallen angel. Do angels drink apple juice? 
<laughs> that can't be real. I think I think that there is um well it's Poe's law first of all you, you can't tell if it's real or not but there there is a, some kind of autism incel pickup Venn diagram which is close to a circle so I don't know may, may, yeah who can who can say but some of these are for sure real I here's another great one for the same picture so in the picture the girl is drinking some kind of cocktail with a little pineapple on the glass and he says pineapple interesting I thought only men were eating it these days. Brackets, and if she doesn't know about the pineapple theory, keep it mysterious to arouse her curiosity and tension. Yeah, because, you know, later that night, you, when you've enjoyed lots of pineapple, she'll be drinking your cum like a tap full of Pepsi. Oh, God. You deluded loon. Yeah, that's not even how biology works. At least, if even if you were lashing the pineapple into you, it would take a while for your it to be absorbed into your body so much that your sperm would taste like pineapple i feel like lashing the pineapple into is another alternative title for can we go through <laughs> the list of potential titles that we had before settling there's content people love content i've okay. heard about this, this fascination with content yeah so we went through a number of different titles um and we even googled like you know just to make sure people hadn't like taken one so i don't know if we like edited down the list um but yeah, you can tell us if we've made a terrible mistake and we should have obviously gone with one another. Oh, the ones in the following list that um, that are bad are obviously Nicole's and the ones that are genius and you couldn't bear to live without these as a title in your podcast app, they're obviously mine. Um, <laughs> I, I will be claiming the ownership because I remember what ones. Oh, I you know which ones? Okay. I think so. Well, I'm telling you right now that Vibeless Lives was not one of mine. <laughs> That was not mine. I don't think so. Oh, that came down from the gods, did it? Heaven itself <laughs> speak into the uh, simple note and, uh, and wrote in vibeless lives. <laughs> okay, okay. I think that did come to me, but in my defense, I was very tired and I think I was on the train and I was like, oh, what were vibeless lives? I too get very tired, so I'll give you that one. Um, Strangers in Berlin, that was one of mine. And I really liked that one. Um, I was like let's go with that one and then you said everybody wants to love you and I was like okay that is objectively more universal but I like Strangers more in Berlin more love based my, my reasoning behind Strangers in Berlin not being the choice even though it was good was it's it's very centred on Berlin and we will be talking to you sorry I'm still wielding my knife <laughs> I would suggest it was worrying, except for the fact that it is it is a peeler, effectively. That that knife is designed to peel fruit, and I think in order to get to my fruits, you'd have to first get past me, and it's 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 not going to happen today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, strangers in Berlin. It's too focused on on Berlin. We don't just talk to people from Berlin. Um, oh no, we don't just talk to people on this show from Berlin. <laughs> this well-established show. <laughs> Ten years in the making. Okay. Uh, Berlin Love was the next one, which I don't know which of us wrote that, but it's 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 bad. Let's no, just... it's it's a name. Uh, opening up. Opening up, which just sounds like we're opening up our relationship. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, also, it's kind of like for me as a musical theater person, it's the song, uh, the title, not the title song, but like the opening song for the musical Waitress. Uh, and also makes me think of someone opening their legs and also like the opening of a show. Spread them. Yeah, spread them. Okay. Can we go back and change it to spread them? <laughs> what else we got here? We got... Um... Let's do a highlight. So let's do okay. best stuff. <laughs> let's not torture everyone with that's a, that's names. A, You make a good point. Let's, we don't have to go through this whole list. One that we really got close to and you guys can... You guys, whoever's listening to this, can, can tell us if um, it was a goer or not. It was Cutie and the Pie. I mean, we talked about this for a long time. Yeah. If we ever made a podcast, we'd call it Cutie and the Pie. Um, 
it was basically the name like we were telling people like oh we have a new podcast called cutie on the pie with uh, the idea of uh, one of us being the cutie and it... oh you're sweet no i'm the pie let's be honest here um we didn't we didn't go for that in the end because i think it's like cutesy but after a while you'd be just like wandering around being the pie <laughs> i feel like it would it would quickly grow cold yeah. uh what else what else is good here um we share everything this is another one of yours that i was like dude like that's like a swingers podcast <laughs> I think some of these are are more like, I was just writing things down. Aftercare, you were really big on that one. Explain that one to me again. I really liked aftercare because it's it's a term related to sex. Um, It's if you're uh, practicing aftercare after having sex with someone, you normally like talk about what's gone down and you know, you're checking in with each other. So it's kind of like made sense for a sexual discussion. Yeah, but that's a specific to like a BDSM scenario where you've done some kind of negotiated, um, like highly, as, as Dan Savage likes to say, varsity level sexual activity. This is true. So also con- connotes like intense, like uh, intensely specific hypersexual yeah. shizzle. I think this was the, the problem that we were having. There was a lot of like hyper specific uh, things that these names were like calling to that didn't work out um you liked we're all naked <laughs> i think i liked it because it's so dumb and you know it, it, it harkens back to that thing everybody's naked under their clothes mm-hmm. which you know for some reason i've always found very funny and 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 i say it constantly you know yeah um, but it also like harkens to the the great rupaul quote you're born naked and the rest is drag oh that's very good I like that. Another one here is arse salad. <laughs> so if you didn't catch that, arse salad. An arse salad. An RTE network too. An arse salad. An arse salad. Anyway, that is that is just the highlights. This list is very, very long. Um, so I think we settled on something good and not mm. too purely about sex and not too, um, not too goofy. And I don't know. Uh, it's nice. It's probably... Um, you know, we're going to get sued by uh, Japanese breakfast, but uh, other than that, it's fine. Totally it's fine. fine. At least it's not shake your baby maker. I really liked that one. Shake your baby maker, right? I don't know what it is. Shake your baby maker. It's energetic. It's exciting. It's it's silly. No. It just it kind of seemed like, I don't know. It made me think of babies. It made me think of dancing babies. It made me think of like little cherubs dancing, shaking their butts. And I don't want to think about that <laughs> with my sex podcast. Well, clearly we have a different idea of who the audience is for this podcast. I'm going for the uh, the Valsel uh, pedo community. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a callback to a, a rather intense conversation we had at a party a couple of weeks back. So with that dissection of the names complete, uh, let's, yeah, let's go on to our topic, our broad discussion of uh, pulling, as uh, <laughs> you so elegantly put it, um, Cracking onto people, hitting on people, picking mm-hmm. up people, pu- uh, bringing them home. There is a TV show in the UK called Pulling, isn't there? I think that's like a... I think, yeah, actually. And maybe it's on Netflix as well. I think I've seen something like that anyway. Um, but I think it's an interesting topic because from um, talking with you, it seems like it's quite different for men and women. Uh, how yeah. you pull I mean, of course it is. or how you hook up with someone I don't know like how many girls in my experience like women that actually go on the pole 
other than like, oh, I'm going to go on a night out and maybe I'll I'll kiss someone or, or someone will bring me home tonight. Like that's probably as much as the people that I know do as far as as pulling. Yeah, I think there is a plausible deniability a lot of times when girls go out. It's like, let's go have a fun girls night. Woo, and it's sometimes that can just be the intention. But sometimes it can be like, and we're going to fuck people, but we don't want to talk about that because that will make us sluts or... I don't know there's something weird there but I think guys are much more transparent like okay let's 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 go to club with me too. I don't even think it's that I think it's just like it's not something that you need to verbalize it's like you don't know until because there's a there's a chance that you might go on a night out and no one will like you know check who you're funny uh so to speak and then you won't go home with someone or you won't kiss someone. It's kind of more, it has to be left up a chance because like there's been plenty of times where I've been on a night out and it's like slim pickings, lads. Uh, so I was just listening to an interview with um, one of one of the scientists who really influenced me when I was in college and uh, his name is David Buss and he wrote literally wrote the book on evolutionary psychology and he was being interviewed on Lex Friedman's podcast and it's it's not an amazing interview but it's interesting it's like a sort of super basic in, in, uh, intro to his ideas mm-hmm. or not even his ideas sort of ideas of evolution and like we kind of just said the same thing in different words so what I said was like maybe kind of girls when they go out are a little bit if they are looking to pull, which obviously everybody isn't every time they go out or anything, but if they are, there's this little bit of disingenuousness about it because just making it explicit, there's like, um, there's deeply evolved reasons why you might not want to do that, make that explicit, um, that are not just about like socialized shame and sex and stuff like that. Whereas for men, it's like, um, they don't have to make it explicit, but it makes a lot more rational sense to work together to try to get laid. Um, because this thing of like, well, you might go out, nothing might happen. I mean, if you had that passive attitude to it as a guy, you the human race would have gone extinct like millions of years ago. There, somebody has to be pursuing. Now, mm. this is, we're all talking broad, in broad cliches of, of gender and sex here and stuff. And obviously that's not a universal thing, blah, blah, blah. But like in general, um, in a, in a way the kind of club thing is kind of uh, foreign to me because that's not how I ever pulled but mm-hmm. like when guys go out on the pull when they go out en masse as single men in a, generally on a stag or on a, on a weekend in a city or just even to a club as teenagers or young young lads um, they sort of have to decide to try to, to, to get with someone because um, any chat that you if you've ever been out with your friends your girlfriends and you're in a bar oh we met these guys they just started chatting to us mm-hmm. those guys did not just start chatting to you they decided that they wanted to pull you now they might not have had to sit there and you know had a had, a, had like a yeah. rugby scrum and had a big chat about it but the intention was there because like of course it was and it wasn't necessarily not there for you guys either but there's no like there's no incentive for men to lie about it and it's, mm. it, it doesn't help so they don't so like, are you saying before you're going on a night out with lads, if, have you ever been this in this scenario where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to pull tonight? No, no, we're going to try to pull tonight. <laughs> I think we're going to pull tonight is a level of confidence that uh, pulling really is fundamentally different from men and women. Like men literally read books about it. Men compare each other's uh, men that they've had sex with, not in a like a hoo-hoo-hoo, but in a like you know, am I, am I doing okay here? Um, mm. men, men like strategize, men boast about their conquests. I'm not saying the women don't do it, but it, it's just, it is different. And, and it comes down to this thing, which is that basically, hypothetically, a Genghis Khan style super fucker could have like millions of children, right? Or like, like um, it, you know how it keeps happening over and over again that these fertility doctors like 
replace the samples with their own semen yeah. and make loads of kids. It's happened a whole bunch of times. And that's obviously a loon that would do that, right? But why has it happened over and over again? Well, obviously loons might be drawn into this occupation, but the reason it happens is because there's a massive evolutionary motivation to have as many kids as you can, right? But a woman can obviously have only as many as her body will carry. Like let's say, you know, super healthy person, you know, maybe it's 20 or maybe it's 25 max over a lifespan, but a man could have millions, right? So lots of the ways in, and men and women are different in how they, uh, how they approach casual sex are to do with that not to do with like being socialized into thinking this or that about sex or safety or any of that shit. Not that that's not important, but there's something much deeper. Like if you had an ancestor as a guy who was like, um, you know, too reluctant to hit on people, then he's not your ancestor. So you just didn't have that. You know, we are the descendants of the people who successfully made it. So some in our, in, our, in our lineage, both for men and women, we had to do the right things. Women had to do the right things to get the investment that they needed for their children not to die. Men had to do the right things uh, to impregnate women. And depending on a lot of other factors, they, they might have had to invest as well. Because we are a species where men don't run, you know, necessarily. They also do invest in their children. So we're, 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 really, we're really complicated, you know. There's some kinds of apes where it's like they fuck all the time and they don't even know who's the father. There's mm-hmm. other kinds where they pair bond. But we're, we're in between. We, we do a bit of both. We, 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 we cheat, we cook old, we uh, have short-term sex and long-term sex. And, and it makes it really complicated and weird. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the big difference comes down to the fact that technically a guy could go to a club and fuck 20 different women. They could all get pregnant. But each of those women is at best getting one baby out of the, or maybe two for the twins. You know what I mean? They're not getting 20. So, so that fundamentally changes on a, on a deep primal level everything about our sexuality. And, and it's not like can't be hand waved away. So that's where all the weird shit that men do, like from cat calling to, you know, texting a fake no texting a random number being like oh hey baby and then oh i'm sorry accidentally you know all that weird crazy bullshit yeah it all makes sense in that context right and and the way that men change as the age makes sense as well because as they as as we get older um the 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 incentives change and it's more likely that you're going to be uh, have more resources and show those off as a way to get Mm -hmm. a higher status mate and have a better quality of child all that kind of weird gross evolved stuff yeah yeah we're a long way from coppers that's what we're trying to say (laughs) coppers is a weird unique phenomenon do you want to describe coppers anyone that hasn't been um god it's such a cliche i'm I'm sorry i even brought it up but it's it's basically this club in in dublin that it has i don't know like three floors i've only been there once um and someone paid for me to go in so i it was not not a promotional thing. I kind of made it sound like that. Uh, <laughs> They're like, we need more. We need more honey and coppers tonight. No, more like it was like one person out of a group of people was like, come on, come on, we go to coppers. And we're like, oh, it's like 10 euro in. And it's like, oh, I'll pay for all of you to come in. And yeah, that's how it happened. And wow. Yeah, yeah. So basically, it's it's just the, it's a big nightclub on Harcourt Street, which is like the basically like clubbing street, even though you have coppers and dices, I think <laughs> that's like all the clubs. <laughs> um, and people go and it's kind of known as the place where, where you go to pull, so to speak. Yeah. Where a certain kind of person goes to pull. It's, oh, yeah. it, I mean, it's primarily what, it's kind of known for guards and nurses. 
I don't know. I don't know how it represented. But I don't know why. And like Colshi's, uh, Colshi's being people from outside of Dublin, at least from my Dublin definition, um, you might disagree being <laughs> from just outside Dublin. Uh, I think Nicole thinks that anyone who has to get onto the M50 at any point to uh, <laughs> to go home is a Colshi. Literally. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, it is what it is. <laughs> You can't choose where you're born. You just I mean, have to make the best of it. I wish I came from the country and not like a gross little satellite town just outside Dublin with no countryside and no amenities yeah. or anything to do. <laughs> that is infinitely worse. Yeah, for some reason it's known as a place. Basically, it's the place where you go if you don't really know Dublin that well. But you know, it's like a guaranteed place where you can go and and kiss someone. That's mad. It's mad to me. You never did that? I never did. I, I, I don't know. I, I have a memory from when I was 13, right? And this is <laughs> one, of the, one of the few times I went to a club as a teenager. And I went with my cousins. Um, and was sort of a legendary ladies' man. And more on, you know, my level of naive young, young fellow. At some point, we were approached. This girl came over with three of her friends. And she was the spokeswoman of the group. Mm-hmm. And she said... Uh, you know, uh, you can you can you can shift any. I think she probably said Frenchy, because this was uh, <laughs> you can Frenchy any, my friend. And I said, you know, what about you? Because she was significantly more. I believe the politically correct term is conventionally attractive. Uh, she was significantly more attractive than uh, than her friends. And she said, no, not me, my friends. And so my cousin was like, okay, and he went off with with one or more of the friends. And I I said, uh, no thanks. And I kind of nursed a Fanta or whatever it was I was doing at the time. <laughs> oh, tragic. Yeah. We'll see. And, and I feel like we've touched on this uh, before, but uh, the idea of like um, in Ireland, we've sort of systemized getting off with people where you can just go up and ask them and it's like socially acceptable. As a teen, I, th- I think if you did it as an adult, it would be a little odd. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, how old were you there? That was 13. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah, a 40-year-old man? Listen, my, my, do, you to, do you want to kiss my friend? It's not going to happen, I don't think. No. Hopefully, but, people have developed better social skills enough, at that point. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it's something that it never... Like, I I guess, I, like, the kind of kid I was, any time that it happened, I, w- I was like, is this real or is it a prank? Mm-hmm. And also, the girl is always... 60 feet away in a darkened club and you're like I can't tell if I want to kiss her or not Uh, so I I just kind of the whole thing didn't work for me and I I, I never really did well in in that environment at all no I don't think people I mean people yeah could do well in that they may kiss a few people but I don't I don't think people really enjoyed it other than like a basic ego thing Mm. Um, I don't think anyone's really getting off on it yeah i think in a way you could argue that clubs are designed um so chads can can meet stacy's and <laughs> to use some incel terminology yeah. and, and that's well maybe just so that regular girls can 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 oh the many ambulances of berlin and um, is the krankenwagen <laughs> uh, that's one of our listeners who passed out from the steamy discourse um, <laughs> but i think they're in a way they're designed so that girls can can kiss guys that are like you know tall and and, and good looking but probably unpleasant and everybody gets to enjoy the arrangement because you know the, the guy gets to spread his love around and the, and and the girls get to kiss the guy or whatever without having to deal with the fact that he's probably a twit and uh you know, yeah like the guy in my class there was a guy in my class who are, i vividly remember this him putting on um 
foundation or concealer or something before he went to the club to hide his cold sore. This is at like again 14 or something and this guy was, you know, good looking and and a literal sociopath and that was his that was his weekend ready. He was off to give some people herpes. That is just disgusting. Yeah. I just I cannot even fathom doing something like that. Like I hope he didn't like, you know, graduate to like genital herpes or or like gonorrhea I don't with think, that behavior i don't think this guy was was going, was given any women oral sex i think he was a pretty selfish kind of a character um <laughs> right right really not a good not a good dude um but for like i think and I, obviously there's a bit of sour grapes or whatever but i i, I always kind of thought that that the club thing was just the fact that you can't talk it really disincentivizes any kind of idea of who the person is. Yeah, which is why the smoking area is always the best place in a club environment. Yeah, if you smoke. I mean, I don't really mind if I have a few drinks on me being around smokers. I always hate it. And I always found girls who smoke just like, it's like an instant turn off for me. I see someone cute and I'm like, oh yeah. And then she brings the cigarette up and I'm just not there for it at all. Funny, I, I keep mentioning to you that Anya Taylor-Joy is a smoker, but it doesn't seem to... I actually, you know what? I've totally gone off Anya Taylor-Joy. What? I have, yeah. I was I was looking at an interview with her last night and then one today and I was like, she kind of just looks like a, a an evil fish. <laughs> but she's gorgeous on camera. Like She, she does movies, look well on camera, yeah. She's beautiful. But on other cameras, on talk shows, she just looks like a fish. Probably in real... I mean, I'm sure if she was here, we'd yeah. both be um, just simping... Uh, for for her gorgeousness, but just yeah. I, I don't know. Just I, you know what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Right, okay. thinking about it now, introspecting a little bit more. Um, she is very physically attractive, but I honestly think that she just doesn't. She we actually we were talking about this last night. We were, we were. I was a bit stoned, and we were talking in bed, and I was just fantasizing about the ideal personality that she could have. Yeah, yeah. and in my mind, she was kind of like a the dude meets Jennifer Lawrence, kind of hanging out in her like cargo pants, mm-hmm. smoking a fatty, just chilling, putting on some Sublime records, and discussing I don't know Terence McKenna, and <laughs> and and then I was like, but what if no? What if she she's probably more like this? And then I she was like the second version. She was like a, kind of an intellectual. Mm-hmm. She'd really learned to play chess at a high level to be in the queen's gambit and she was again kind of cerebral but but more icy and you were like nah she's just well what did you say i said because i actually have some uh, mutual uh, acquaintances with her so i know one of the girls uh, that i studied acting with when i was a teen i saw her uh post pictures with her on instagram like at a party or whatever and she's she looks a little bit like Annie taylor joy as well there's this certain type of like i think her- you are you are rounding up a hell of a lot there okay. i've seen this girl as well she does not look like Annie taylor joy no but she's a certain type where like uh like very thin blonde pretty in the london acting scene but not the thespian scene it's specifically the ones that are going for movie acting and they just kind of hang out with their boyfriends who are really skinny they they walk around camden market and like their fellas are on eastenders every now and again and they're like Oorah, you right darling and andrew taylor joy has one of these vapid kind of like rock star london boy boyfriends and it tells me everything i need to know about her <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, this gets back to evolutionary psychology because <laughs> something that that you that you find it's a kind of tragic self awareness when you when you read about it. There's this thing of mate derogation, right? So it's like, um, like if your girlfriend 
uh, is like checking someone out or just even describing a celebrity, you'll be like, yeah, but you know that he actually has like his penis is made of plasticine. And I do do this to you <laughs> quite a lot. No, but I do it too. We all do it. It's it, yeah. Once you're aware of it, you'll notice that if any kind of threat to your relation, even the most theoretical, it's a celebrity, they'll always be, yeah, but you know, you know, she's actually she you know she she used to be um a, a rugby player and uh, her <laughs> underneath her clothes she has like bingo wings of a person who's lost 300 pounds or well, listen i can't help it if if every woman that you say do you fancy turns out to be some kind of horrific monster and i <laughs> i find out that information and equally it's just astonishing that it's ex- you're exclusively attracted to uh, like famous rapists who <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's sad. I wish humans weren't like. And maybe you know, I'm sure we with with time we we can evolve beyond it. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's a it's a real thing. We we all do it. Okay, I'm gonna tell you uh, someone that I find attractive, and you're gonna tell me something bad about okay. them. Okay. Okay. Um, well, this is uh, one that I mentioned last night. Andrew Garfield. I think he's great. Tell me something. I mean, like. If he was straight, he would be an amazing person to date. Like, and and it's nothing against him. The, f- the fact that he feels like he has to be in the closet after all these years is is strange to me. But like, in, it's a long tradition, you know. And uh, and one day he'll feel safe enough to yeah to come out. Uh, yeah, I do. I in a weird way, there is a bit of truth to that. He he. You seem to have gotten very gay after he did Angels in America. You see how effective this... This is why millions of years of evolution have, have <laughs> trained... I'm sure Andrew Garfield is a lovely um, and an entirely heterosexual man. And even if he isn't, uh, it's nothing wrong with him doing whatever he wants to do with whomever he wants to do. Exactly. But exactly. It is, that is an example of how easy, mm-hmm. how easy it is. To, and obviously it's more, it's more nuanced. We're exaggerating for effect. People we can are. do it in real subtle ways. And part of why it works is because we have this thing called, you know, salience, right? So it's like if you're like, if you hear your friend is pregnant and you walk down the street, you're like pregnant person, pregnant person, pregnant person, and you're on the train, pregnant person, pregnant person. Yeah. Um, once something is activated, we perceive it more, you know, so it's, it's just kind of like um, it's ready to be uh, to be observed. It's always there, but there's a lot of things always there and we don't see everything. We just see through these narrow tunnels of things we're ready to see. So when you say, yeah, that, yeah. You know what that guy he or when i say you know that guy yeah he's, he's nice but he just touches people a lot you know or some bullshit like the next yeah. time you see him you know anything he does you'll be like wow he is touching everyone a lot and it's probably not even true it's probably just some kind of paranoid bullshit that 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 that's been run into your head you know it's Very so good. easy to trick people into doing that as well like you know not to sound like a total sociopath but it is very easy to manipulate like a group of people to like feel differently about one other person if you target yeah. one person and tragically like psychopaths and sociopaths um do do that yeah. right and and it's something that takes a long time to see but in groups of people they'll drop little hints about people mm-hmm. and and push people in little ways and kind of ready them and then when that when the person who's been targeted comes into the group and they say innocuous thing that's been framed as this terrible thing mm-hmm. then kind of mm-hmm, you see you see and there yeah that 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 poison pen stuff is is it's awful. These are, these are the worst aspects of humanity. But um, but let's get back to Pullen. Um, let's get back to Pullen. So so as a, as a young one, if yeah. you if you had your eye on someone, um, uh-huh. and you, someone in your circle or slightly outside of your circle, okay. w- w- did you have techniques to, to reel them in? Um, so this is a weird, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say that it's a weird question to ask me now because obviously I'm not doing that because I'm in this relationship with you. But let's just say for the purpose of this, if I were to do that um what i would do um well what i always did when i fancied someone was 
see I lose very quickly lose control of my ability to kind of monitor myself you know I get very in my head um and very quickly can like go to extremes of either like um I'm trying quite hard to 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 get their attention you know giving them a lot of attention laughing a lot at like what they're saying trying to be a little bit cheeky with them I find that it I don't know it depends like you know you don't want to hurt someone's feelings but I feel like being a little bit cheeky and maybe like quickly introducing something that can become like a running joke between the two of you it can be quite effective because you can always go back to that or it gives you another reason to like the next day you can talk to him about the thing you know um but yeah I if I like the person quite a lot then I can convince myself like oh well they actually oh Jesus I I was acting way too full on there (laughs) and then you completely retreat and this is something that happened to me quite a lot when I was single where I'd like go to these extremes and the lads were probably like what's the story with her I thought we were like you know having fun or whatever uh and then suddenly I'm like not talking to the person and just being weird just being like very um self-conscious in a way um so I suppose uh, and I have pulled like quite a lot uh, <laughs> but, but pull can also be like kissing um I think back when I was in college I said <laughs> the other day I think I was averaging probably about like 16 kisses I, I used to keep like psychopathic like uh like log on my phone <laughs> of like okay I kissed this person I'm gonna put their name down on the list kind 16 of thing. kisses a night 16 kisses an hour a year a year oh that's not so bad it's like 16 a year but it's 16 like new people a year i mean this is a judgment-free zone you know um mm-hmm. because i like i had the opposite i talked about this before you know how i was like really into the idea of love you know so for me like i i would say that i have not kissed that many more people than i've slept with you know kiss it's not that kissing is so mm. special to me but i i didn't like once I got to the kissing, the, that was the big bar. You know, kissing was the hard part. The rest kind of just came naturally in a yeah, way, yeah. eventually anyway. Um, so like this idea of like, but it's to do with the age because I wasn't going to clubs shifting a bunch of people mm-hmm. when I was younger. So if I had, obviously, then we wouldn't have all been bonking afterwards, you know. Yeah, exactly. And like, um, like I'm 26 now and we've been together for a few years and like, I didn't have my own apartment or like the people because you're at that certain age like you don't have anywhere to go to fuck each other so like when I was getting off with these people or whatever it'd be maybe like one person has a has a gaff like you know and if you're lucky you know you're at a party and everyone's staying over you might be able to share a couch with the person ah the old shared couch yeah I was, I was at a house party when I was I guess I was like I hadn't gone to college yet so let's say it was like I don't know 18 19 mm-hmm. and this couple got together um in the living room and in the morning they were still there and it was quite early and one of the uh one of the girls who owned the house so Irish she went in and did a big hoover to get rid of them oh, and they uh they just started fucking right in front of her and didn't give two shits oh my god and I thought good for them mm. that absolute <laughs> maggot trying to get like because to my mind it was like a beautiful thing has just happened in this world of lonely souls two people have found each other if only for a night and this old biddy with her hoover old <laughs> biddy in her early 20s by the way yeah, yeah has decided to come in and and wreck their buzz mm-hmm. and I thought, good for them 
Uh, but I think she went in with the Hoover again and started hitting them with it or something, and eventually they left anyway. So yeah, um, okay, like it, it's it's cool or it's like a heroic uh, statement until the person's actively in the room and they're like separating you with the Hoover. <laughs> I think then you you're. <laughs> little bit of a weirdo you're a weirdo yeah but i mean like I, I feel like there's such weird when you're a teenager or you know in ireland anyone under 50 and you don't have anyone to bring someone home um like of course you're gonna you know use a couch you use creative. a friend's bed use a car like there's nothing it's not a kinky thing and people just want the freedom to do something and they don't have privacy yeah. and it's one of the illnesses of a, of a society where housing has become a commodity like that you don't have what it should be mm-hmm. there used to be a thing in germany i don't know if it exists anymore where um people of kind of late in their teen years could get this kind of subsidy to live together in housing with other people of that age that's what we should all be doing we should be moving out at 15 living with a bunch of other teenagers yeah bit of supervision but space to grow and develop not this weird thing of parents coming in checking for our wank stains on the sheets you know no i hate that there's some kind of weird invasiveness especially in irish culture where where it's like we're dead we're not like parents are like not under my roof and all this kind of stuff it's just you are way too invested in your child's sexuality you want to protect them that's great but it's not about that. It's a weird control thing and it's super unhealthy. Uh, that just reminded me of like probably one of the weirder places that I've uh, hooked up with someone. Not full sex, um, but... <laughs> what, half, half, half thrust? I, don't, I won't go into details, <laughs> um, but I remember... That another great title for the podcast. I won't go into details. Yeah, all that's good. Um, <laughs> I remember I was at this party with this fella and I was just after... Um, uh, I was on the rebound because my girlfriend was after breaking up with me and I didn't even really like her that much so I was annoyed and we didn't really have that much sex so anyway that can we can go into that a whole other time um, <laughs> so I was like right this time I'm, I'm gonna have sex um, so ended up like end of the party sort of thing I was just like hey you and we we get going and he was like <laughs> I have the keys to Christchurch Cathedral, like the grounds. You've, this is a new story to me. <laughs> well, good. I can, I can still surprise you. Yeah. Um, we didn't go into the actual cathedral. Um, Christchurch Cathedral is like one of the, I think it's like the oldest like cathedral in, in Dublin. Yeah, that's where people want to hear. That's the detail people want in this story is no, the history of Christchurch Christ Cathedral. I'm just saying like Handel's Messiah like uh, debuted at Christchurch Cathedral and all sorts of stuff. There's like Viking bones. Like, there's mad stuff. Oh, there was a Viking bone that night, I'm sure. Ayo. <laughs> so yeah, we had a little uh, thirst a little tryst in in the grounds of Christchurch. Not like in the catacombs. No, but he did have to like open. He had a key that opened the gates. To, this to this begs a variety of questions. <laughs> Where he got this key? What was the what was the purpose of the key? I don't How know. often he brought girls to the grounds think, of this. Cathedral? I think he might have been rehearsing with the choir there. I don't know. What point did you decide you were not going to get murdered? Because this is something I've always wondered how how you know when to how you know to trust someone that you've met at a party that they're not going to kill you with a hook well see I, I knew him and we had mutual friends ah. so that's and different don't do that if it's just a stranger and I think honestly um, for the I know your fan base so this is probably not um, pertinent but if there's any young fellas listen who aren't um, 
50 something uh, military veterans of the US uh, Marine Corps. I love you. <laughs> and then I would I would say if you're out there and you're lonely and you're not doing too well, things have changed or whatever. But this was one thing that will never change. Right. The best way to um, be successful with the opposite sex as a guy, at least, is to know a lot of people to be be at, be at a lot of things with a lot of people. It doesn't matter if it's an in crowd or any other kind of crowd. The point is that it shows that you're not going to murder somebody because the biggest impediment to somebody sleeping with you is the fact that you could quite possibly, as far as they're concerned, literally kill them. So one thing which makes you less scary is if you know people and you're known to be all right. Yeah. The rest of it is, that's not going to help you score, but it's going to take away a lot of the reason that somebody wouldn't go home with you. And, and it's important, actually, to be shown to be like, oh, yeah, we know this guy. We've known him for a while. He didn't murder any of us. It, like, it, it sounds silly, but... It's so true, Let's though. say there's a tiny, tiny... Like, let's say literally it's one in a million men are a murderer. It's more than that, but let's say it's that. That's enough. If that murderer kills, you know, 100 people, that's enough of a risk for to, to put a big damper. But it's not murder, right? It's like murder, domestic violence, um, acid in the face... Um, not taking no for an answer and raping somebody all of those things are things that that women especially young women with young lads who are drunk and whatever need to look out for so if you're if you can demonstrate that you are not like that not by trying to be a nice guy but by just knowing a lot of people and just who who can then say yeah he didn't kill anyone oh he slept with our friend and she's still alive and, and likes him and was not attacked that's like it's this seems obvious but it's not obvious and um it's not obvious in how people act and i think the best way to it's like it's not like okay the worst way to get to to pull an individual girl is to become friends with her but the best way to pull girls in general is to be friends with girls because they know other girls and they will think well of you yeah exactly and it's there's something really attractive about a guy who has a lot of friends or at least you know is surrounded by people there's something very attractive uh, about that and you know i feel like this was part of your evolution as a as a sex man when you <laughs> <laughs> another great title for the podcast a sex man evolution of a sex man evolution of a sex man no because um i feel like in your story in life not to tell it for you but uh you became quite a popular person on uh on the scene in in dublin you the people not that you were a celebrity or anything like that, but you were very popular and you threw a lot of parties and that's very attractive. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think I was ever popular, but it's great that I conveyed that impression. Mm-hmm. That's the important part. Yeah, no, but I, yeah, I'm yeah. pretty aff- I'm pretty affable sociable person with a specific kind of person. I'm I don't get along with everybody, never did. I, I wouldn't say I'm popular, plenty of people hate my guts. But I, I yeah, I knew a lot of people when we met. Mm-hmm. And and uh and I was definitely having a lot of parties, although I wasn't like pulling at those parties, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's laying the foundation. I guess. Yeah, no, I did. I suppose I did hook up with people a couple of times, but they were people that I'd already kind of, you know, had a bit of a smooch or whatever with. And, yeah, it's yeah. the best way to do it that's, anyway. That's true. If you kiss somebody and then you bring them to a party that you have thrown where there are 50 or more people, you're going to get laid. You fucker. You actually did that with me. <laughs> no, <did they? laughs> Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, we'd already hooked up though the first date that we had. Oh no, we had no. Sorry, 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 sorry. I I will redact that we had hooked up already, but very early into us dating, you threw a massive party, <laughs> and I was and you were the host, and it was your party. Everyone was like, "Oh, Gareth," and I I was your lady of that party. Oh, you know what I mean? And it go. made me feel quite nice. And you've been my lady ever since. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I remember years before that um, having a, a party and there was this girl that I that I really that I really liked and, and wanted to get with and I think I think I must have yeah I, I had I had like yeah had like brought her home before but we hadn't had sex mm-hmm. um, and I think I remember somebody coming up to me at the party and literally this is so creepy but you'll know exactly who I mean when I say this one of my friends said who's a she <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> you can guess who that is yeah. and, and I was like well, tonight, she's mine. <laughs> and and I, that was a party where we ended up um, uh, hooking up during the party. And then I put on her dress, I think. Or I think it was, maybe I was already wearing, no, I was already wearing a dress. That's hot. <laughs> As a bisexual. Oh, no. Because I sound hot. like the kind of guy who's like, you know, there is a certain kind of guy. This is getting into contentious territory here. But there is a certain kind of guy, not a common type of guy, but there is a certain kind of guy. Uh, as epitomized by at least one member of the former um, punk group Power Bottom, uh, there's a certain kind of guy who fems up as a straight guy who has no gender um, dysphoria or isn't queer in any way, just as a like, hey, look at me, I'm all cool with the, um, hey, baby. And that's been going on for a while. And But there is a subtle, I think there's a difference between that and just kind of being like, ah, I'm mad and I'm wearing a dress. I, I, I hate to think about me being in the, first category because mm-hmm. I don't I've never gone on the pull in drag or anything like that but I did used to put on dresses at parties and the more I think about it the thing I kind of think I was kind of trying to not trying to be like stolen valor for like queerness or anything but just being like you know like I don't give a fuck like at me yeah. I'm all you know yeah there's a certain amount of rebellion that just comes with uh, a man wearing wearing a dress yeah I don't know yeah I, I I definitely I know the kind of guy that you're talking about and it's more the ones that would like paint like one thumb one thumbnail like with nail polish I mean like yeah I guess I'm kind of sensitive you know yeah the kind of guy who in the 90s would have like given himself self-harm scars just so he could tell girls about it you know I, I mean like I'm this is not a common type of person but no and not to like I'm not trying to disparage anyone that actually uh, wants to cross dress or or whatever identifies as a as a as a different gender or 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 does self-harm I'm not talking about that I'm really kind of talking about a specific kind of psycho um that that I've run into a few times um but I wanted to, to both talk about that and then go I'm not like that and then, but I'm definitely not it's not a strategic thing mm-hmm. but uh you've never put on a dress around me I never have, yeah. But I think I also got around what what sort of happened after that. There's a bunch of personal stuff um, to whereby the sort of group that the the big party stopped happening, mm-hmm. basically, and um, and and so I kind of lost a lot of my sort of like the, whatever vibe I was on at the time of just like woo. It kind of went away, mm-hmm. and it hasn't really come back in the same way. I'm I'm more sociable now than I was for a long time, but I'm not in that place where I'm just like free to be chaotic, uh, low key Gareth. Yeah, <laughs> Loki like the like the Norse gods. Yeah, not Loki like the chill bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I read you something else from this this uh, Twitter account? Please do. The, the lowest form of content reading from Twitter accounts. But I this, was looking for more. This is demented, right? So this is a conversation from uh, I guess I don't know. I can't tell the platform because it doesn't look familiar to me. It's probably Bumble or something, and it's um. I guess this, this is the girl and she's like hey I just wanted to hit you up and say I had a good time with you last night and I'd love to go out again sometime the best possible message you could get after a date she's reaching out she's being lo- she's being chill but she's also just explicitly saying I liked you and I want to go out and date again it's a that's a very rare message to get in that form the guy replies I had a good time too I'd love to go out again too but can I be honest with you for a second 
God. The girl says, sure, go ahead. And this is where this man <laughs> reveals that he is exactly the kind of person that we were talking about earlier who one of the reasons that girls don't hook up with guys as, as often as guys might like is the potential that the man is this kind of person. And he says, I couldn't even believe you agreed to go out with me. I never imagined it in a million years. I thought that after you would realize that you made a mistake. This is where it buckle up. He goes, I honestly thought about raping you because I thought I would blow it and never get a chance to do things the right way. But after last night, when you saw how nice of a guy I was, I knew I had an actual shot. I know that's a lot, but I just wanted to get that off me. No, no, keep that to yourself. Actually, I feel so good for this girl that, you know, he, he showed his his true uh, lizard skin. Um, <laughs> um, unfortunately, too late that she couldn't have uh, you know avoided having sex with him. But oh, my God, how do you fumble the bag that hard after you've had sex with someone? What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, he, I don't think he'd had sex with her. Um, I think there had obviously been a date in this hypothetical scenario, but I don't think there was sex. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this man had not had sex with her. Okay. Um, Thank God. It could be fake. Anything on the internet could be fake. But there, there is, you know, we'll we'll talk about it in another episode. But I think that I think incel culture and it's been addressed ad nauseum. But I think it is one of the most toxic things to come out of the internet. Not because of school shootings and all that stuff, although those things have happened and in some cases been related to it, but because it makes people who are going through an awkward stage of life, maybe they're nerds, maybe they are on the autism spectrum, maybe they're um, just grew up in a weird way because their parents were super religious or they lived in a really rural place or they had a mother uh, or a father uh, die early or they were orphans or any number of other reasons that can make somebody weird with the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. It makes them go, I am this, not I'm going through this and I need to get better. Like when I was a teenager, you would go, I'm shit with girls. How do I meet girls? And you would try different things. Or you would talk to people, whatever it was. But no, now there's a way where guys like that can go, I am an incel. This is what I am. Yeah. And it's got all these forums where other people can talk about how only chads get laid or how like girls are bitches or even good stuff. Even women are better than us and we are. But it's all toxic. All of it's fucked up. And all of it, it makes the the idea of sex this weird bigger thing than it should be while also making it seem impossible it's so fucked it's just yeah and and the thing with that as well um it is a little bit uh, like a, a cult in a way in that it's it's a community um mm-hmm. that shares all of this that constantly shares this information every day so it's penetrating your brain <laughs> penetrating uh, your brain penetrating. also a good possible title for the podcast it's the only thing that's getting penetrated <laughs> for these poor boys um <laughs> um what about the fem cells um but the thing is is that there can be a lot of shame then uh if they want to uh go away from that community to a certain extent you know if they're like a former uh in cell or whatever you know they sometimes they they give out to people who who say oh you know i kissed a girl or like uh, whatever it becomes this thing where you're like no this is my identity i relate to these people these people understand who i am i'm not deviating from this because in some kind of way i feel uh, having this community makes me feel better yeah 
And I just, I literally just saw earlier today on Twitter, there's like a famous, I, mean, I was scrolling trying to find it again. There's some kind of famous right-wing loon who um, who kind of Louis Theroux has talked about and other people. Mm-hmm. And he, this young guy, I forgot his name, I genuinely forgot it, but he today apparently is having some meltdown because one of his crew has had sex with a girl, betraying everything that they believed in. Oh my God, but this is the thing. It's like, it's just weird, a non-sex cult, which is just so strange to me, knowing, you know, what... I don't know young young lads are like and i think a lot of it is um it starts off as like kind of this kind of sad community for guys who can't pull but then i mean look people have talked about this forever but i i'm just gonna go through it anyway but cynical monstrous people often or sometimes then turn it into they weaponize it right and and there's a really good example um which is gavin mcginnis that's a child upstairs, by the way, not someone we have tied up. One of our sex slaves. <laughs> <laughs> There's a young, a young family above us, and they're usually very quiet, but not today. Not today. But um, yeah, so so Gavin McGuinness is one of the founders of Vice magazine um, back in the 90s. And uh, by all accounts, very smart person, very successful in business. Left Vice magazine, fell out with Shane, I forget his name, the other guy who founded it, and went on to found Rebel Media, which is a far-right... Um, radio show um, YouTube show podcast all the rest of it and he founded the Proud Boys and one of the main things that Proud Boys is a weird organization they're they're fashy but they're actually not white supremacists they actually are led by and have uh, by a Hispanic guy and have who's now in jail I think uh, for like something awful and and have a lot of uh, African-American members and stuff but they are very fashy and one of the things that they do is you have to go through this like no fap Right. I think no fap originated from or was least popularized by the Proud Boys. And there is, of course, there's a, a no fap on Reddit and no fap. In other words, don't jerk off. Right. But putting people in, that's one of the ways that cults indoctrinate people is to uh, to take away their sexuality. Yeah. You, you only have sex with this person or you don't have sex at all or or any number of other ways to, to curse people's sexuality. Cults like the fucking Catholic Church, um, <laughs> but like that—that that is how you turn people. Suddenly, they have all this mm-hmm. energy, and they feel like. Yeah, they always talk about how they they have more energy, way more energy than yeah. I've ever had before. And they never do anything good with it, right? It's always like now I have the energy to go and like march against like I don't know Hillary Clinton or something. <laughs> Maybe we should march against Hillary. That was a bad example. March, <laughs> march against abortion or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just wanted to give you one more of these insult things. And in the grand tradition of the internet, so basically, um, very quickly, things become so, like, paradised and memed that, like, whatever original sincerity is gone. So somebody has replied with this mad one, and I just quite like it. So it's a picture of this, again, ridiculously good-looking girl dressed in pink uh, in front of a New York-type skyline. You're at a college campus. You notice, notice this hot girl checking you out. How do you open? And somebody with a Patrice O'Neill avatar replies, Oh, hi, I can't help but notice you're wearing pink. Her, haha, yeah, stares awkwardly. Well, pink is my favorite color because it reminds me of pussy. <laughs> Her, gets extremely wet. Want to check if mine is pink too? Done deal. <laughs> this is actually very cute because that's, that's the thing that I was looking for on my phone. <laughs> for the podcast. This happens so often that I'm, I'm like, oh my God, I just sent you this thing and Nicole has just sent me exactly the same thing yeah. because we are uh, the same person we are the same person and that's <laughs> extremely sexy um okay i wanted to show you uh something um basically of how to a, a, a guide on the internet of how a girl might 
pull a guy. Oh yes, please. And I you can hear tell this. me. Okay, so this is from Seventeen magazine. Oh, those dirty bitches over at Seventeen. Um, Always with the successful advice, Cosmo and Seventeen magazine, right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so twelve tips that will seriously up your flirting game. So quite innocent. We're just we're just flirting here. Okay, number one, be confident. Well, it's not going to hurt, yeah. But it's like be tall. I mean, okay, if you if you if you're not confident. How are you going to do it? But okay. Yeah. Number two, show you're interested in their life. Well, yeah. Okay. Don't be uninterested in them. Yeah. Don't be uninterested. So far, so obvious. Okay. Number three, draw attention to your lips. It sounds ridiculous, but it actually works. Get pouty and keep chapstick or lip gloss in your bag. When you see your crush coming your way, swipe on a layer. They'll be dreaming about those lips all day long. So wow. is this like advice for how to tell someone you want to blow them? <laughs> I mean, this might be what Seventeen is going for. And it feels like I'm 17 again. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be hot to you if a girl st- was applying chapstick while staring at you from across a room? You know, there's an old adage on the internet, which is step one, be hot. You know, it's mockery yeah. of this kind of advice. The truth is that um, most guys don't ever get hit on unless they are famous, extremely wealthy. And even then, it's probably not very often. Or category three, stupendously, ridiculously good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, so any attention from a girl is generally surprising and welcome. Like a girl you don't know. Of course, in friend groups and stuff, people will chat and flirt. But I mean, like if a girl you don't know comes up and starts pouting and saying shit to you you're going to be looking for a hidden camera or mm. her boyfriend with it with a with a handgun you know it, it does not happen so yeah. um I, I mean of course it does i mean it's very rare right so all this shit is all just nonsense because if you're if you're cute and obviously this is advice for i presume 17 year olds but if you're a teenager yeah. especially right and you're cute you just need to talk to the guy if he's single and unfortunately, mostly, even if he's not, mm-hmm. and he's a teenager, and you're a teenager, and uh, and you're at all at all comely, you know, you don't have to be phenomenal. You just have to be a humanoid. Um, you don't need any techniques because the majority of guys will just be like, you know, I'm gonna do whatever I can to make this happen. You make it sound so easy, and it's a thing that uh, I hear a lot from from guys and from incels. <laughs> Who are also guys. Um, <laughs> do you hear a lot from incels? No, no. I'm just chronically online, so I, I do I do read their opinions sometimes. Um, and that's not that I'm not going on to like incels on Reddit or something like that. That they just are on the internet. They're like you know furries. They just pop up every now and again. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, this idea that it's so easy for a girl to to get laid and I don't know. It it depends on your definition of like what you want because I always found it quite um not difficult uh, to to pull, but I I did find it a struggle to like actually like nail someone down. Not literally, but well, that was your first mistake trying to nail them down <laughs> instead of trying to pull them. I mean. No, I mean like, you know, you'd fancy someone, but you wanted them to be your boyfriend. You didn't want them yeah. to just be a hooker. But, but this isn't a contradiction, right? Because what, what guys are saying um, when they're like, it's so easy for women to have sex. 
is it's so easy for women to have sex. They're not saying it's easy for a woman to find a man who she finds attractive and have a relationship with them. Of course, that's not easy. No, what they're saying is to have sex because, again, yeah. for a teenage guy or a you know, young guy, just getting to have sex at all in any circumstance is incredibly difficult. I do think, though, for a teenage guy, if a girl shows interest in him... Now, this is not to say that the guy is going to kiss the girl in front of his friends or anything like that. Like, if she's regarded as weird or ugly or something like that, he, the social th- stigma might well stop him dating her. But just kissing her, a, a teenage guy will literally kiss any girl. Like, it's the bar is non-existent. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that if you want the, the hot guy in the, in the school who, you know, mm-hmm. he'll kiss you as well, but he might do it behind the bike sheds, you know? Yeah, that was more my experience. <laughs> but right, so we agree. Like it's this the thing is I think people often talk past each other because they're comparing different things, right? And and like, yeah, it's hard for anybody to find a, a lovely person that likes them mm-hmm. to be in the kind of relationship, whatever that is, that they want to be in with them, whether it's for a night or a lifetime. That's hard for all humans because people are really complicated and difficult and we disagree on lots of things and where we all have horrible sides to us and we all need different and weird and specific things. But just to get hooked and definitely easier if you're leaving. Yeah. I don't yeah there there's not really a part of me that would just like randomly walk into a room and be like yeah okay there's a man there I'm just gonna have sex with you like basically zero percent chance and, and that's that, gonna do that, that right there is the big difference between at least straight men and, and, and straight, straight or bisexual women unless that room is like the Met Gala there's a good uh Good choices there. Now we get into evolutionary psychology again because that that's like massively high resources, right? Yeah. And status. Yeah. You know, every person there is rich, famous, probably very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Garfield was probably there as well. So what else did you do as a as a youngin to to pull? Yeah, it's hard for me to say. Unfortunately, um, I feel like a lot of my pulling happened uh, with the aid of alcohol, which is I know when I think about it, it's actually quite sad. But like, it's just kind of in Ireland, there's not a lot of socializing that goes on that isn't based around going to the pub or going to a party and that kind of stuff. So you're um, a spike in young fellas. I... <laughs> basically no <laughs> um i wasn't spiking anyone but i feel like um uh, when pulling uh people it was uh you know i was a little bit more confident because of booze they were a little bit more uh less guarded um uh, because of booze and i don't know i always just found in my in my time back in my day um eventually i would just kind of like charm them and then we'd like kiss oh what that's very sweet you are very charming thank you and it's definitely like something that i was very attracted uh, to no to I, I remember like the night that i asked you out mm-hmm. and uh you just seemed like almost like lost we were at this birthday party <laughs> you just seemed like really like oh what's going on oh. and I was just so like oh my god what a sweetheart I just want to make her okay and take care of her oh yeah and daddy mode activated <laughs> oh Jesus sorry but just, just <laughs> like but you were you were you were very adorable you know and something people always say about you because you have this kind of very vulnerable um mm. which is real like you're quite a I don't think you're vulnerable to attack but you're, you know you're quite a sweet person and kind and stuff. I'm quite open you know I don't have a lot of like uh bullshit about uh I don't know 
I, I don't put on a front to be like, oh, well, I'm actually just like, I'm grand, I'm grand, you know? And I've known people who have put on, like have literally called themselves like, I'm the ice queen and all this kind of stuff, but really they're not. And I think it's just unhealthy. Um, and if you own it, it can become quite a charming thing that you can utilize yeah. and manipulate. You're, you're not like other girls. I'm not lying on <laughs> But that brings me to, we were talking about this earlier, the derogation thing. Mm-hmm. And there's this awful term that I think is fucking misogynist as fuck that women exclusively use, which is pick What me. do we do? Oh, yeah. This, because it's basically like a girl that's actually like um, likable <laughs> is a pick me. <laughs> you know? Oh, a girl that's actually not a fucking bitch for a second. <laughs> no, not, not a bitch, but like, uh, like you can't like things that guys like right oh you, oh you play you play video games you're such a pick me or like oh you're you're um you i don't know you like football or you're you're like laughing with the lads you're obviously just pretending for it. and it's such a like thing of making the girls seem worse by 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 complaining about her yeah it's really gross like. i do find that term quite oppressive in a way yeah um, hell yeah and anything that stigmatizes jennifer lawrence is just wrong Leave her alone. <laughs> leave leave Britney alone. Yeah, leave J-Law alone. She's fine. Leave her. Leave her to eating her pizza and talking about drinking beer. Yeah, and, and her dildo collection. and Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Did she talk about those? She did. I think there was, uh, I think it was like, one of the Conan. Or yeah. Jimmy. Such a pick me. <laughs> Such a cool girl. That's another thing. So it's, it's the monologue from Gone Girl about cool girl. She's cool girl. She is not, watches Adam Sandler movies and eats hot dogs and maintains being a size two, all this kind of stuff. While there is a definite uh, truth in that, I've definitely tried to make myself more uh cooler and 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 made myself more into a mold of like what the guy i i want to get like you know more to their interest i haven't like you know set up a whole marriage around it and and you know (laughs) changed my entire personality but i feel like basically the cool girl idea uh evolved into pick me uh, and now you can like i don't know listen to certain movies uh, listen to certain movies <laughs> listen to music and watch certain movies without being called a pick me yeah there's such policing of personality on the internet you know it's like the whole thing of like if a guy says his favorite book is infinite jest and his favorite movie is fight club run or whatever and it's just this weird like snobbery mixed with um uh the the, the sort of the worst case what's what's the term i'm looking for the um bad faith right this assumption that everybody's lying and faking their personality and that they're all manipulative and uh you know uh fuck boys or pick me's or it's just this weird like cruel and it really it's like the first half of this i was talking all about evolution and stuff and that's like broad stroke stuff which could seem like stereotypes but outside of that scientific discussion the broad stroke fucking stereotypes for people online are poison they're such point if you if i was like a teenager now and i like i was like oh shit i don't want to be an incel i don't want to be a fuck boy i don't want to be like there's no it, it narrows the scope for what you can be or who what you can say or who you can talk to or how you can like things it's just gross you know it's it's intolerant and intolerable like people 
like each other and we all that thing that you described we all do that you know who doesn't have that experience when you're a teenager you like a girl or you like a guy whatever it is mm-hmm. and you like you go onto their myspace or you go onto their mm-hmm. facebook or instagram whatever it is and you try and oh they oh they like those bands oh and then you start listening to the band so you'll have something to talk to them about or oh they like that movie I, you know it, it's just natural we we all do it it's mm-hmm. not a it doesn't mean you're forging a fake personality in a sociopathic attempt to become a cool person it's just mm-hmm. like you're just trying to like find a common thing because you like the person yeah and i feel like it, it might also come from uh sort of like competitiveness you know this insecure idea that like well if i'm not trying to be uh mirroring mirroring the person that i i is the object of my affections there's going to be someone else who is yeah. you know and then you get mad at this imaginary person who's like perfect for them but actually she's lying because because uh, no woman could yeah. possibly like drinking Coors Light I mean no person should really no one should like that yeah. or, or Budweiser but but I, there's also um I mean look there are obviously people who commodify an image of what the opposite sex wants mm-hmm. like e-girl twitch stream girl of course um, whatever the male version of that is, I, I guess it's like um, the guys, the boys who lick their lips on a, on a TikTok, you know, the whole. Uh, yeah, I don't get that. Any of the like female gaze uh, videos that come up um, on my TikTok, which is very rare because, you know, I don't like it. I just don't get it. Maybe it's also because they're like 16 and they have flippy hair and I've never been into that. I was always like, even when I was 16, I was like, I quite like Richard Gere in Pretty Woman. <laughs> because I'm a whore. <laughs> Cut the audio. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So look, look, those people obviously mm. exist, but they're not the person in your class or in your workplace who's yeah. flirty and and has you know wears cool clothes. That person probably just likes their clothes. You know, like it's a whole other thing to become a product. And I think that even there, there has to be a relative degree of sincerity, or it doesn't work. Yeah. Like. I don't know. I feel like it, it could even be like a teenage term because uh, more often this could happen when you're in your teens. Um, I'm just saying this because when I was younger, it was uh, that I'm not like other girls was like an unironic thing that uh, that girls would say. And friends of mine said are like, oh, no, like, hey, hanging out with uh, girls. Oh, they're so bitchy. You know, this kind of thing. Oh, yeah, no, I like listening to this and that. And I don't want to wear makeup. Um, but teenage girls are bitchy and teenage boys are rapey. And it's, you know, like, yeah, but it's not untrue. I feel like this might be a term that like young people are using. And now suddenly adults are using, mm-hmm. even though it's not really a thing that like grown ups are actually doing because we've mm-hmm. copped the fuck on. Um, but I, it, but it does also become a weapon that people use to knock each other down. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I pulled up this uh, tweet that I saw the other day, and it was like um, someone took a picture of this girl sitting at a bar, and she's reading a book, and uh, it's a screenshot from someone's story, and they've gone, "Pick me! I like to go to loud ass bars and read my book." Like poor girl, she's just reading a book. Like it is kind of a strange scenario that she's reading a book at a bar. But, but like... I know a bunch of people who do that. You know, we we have a friend. And, and the whole way through college would go and, and sit in, in Grogan's in, in Dublin, a little kind of old man pub and read his newspaper and read a novel. Yeah. Lots of people like to do that. For me, it's hard to concentrate because I'm pretty ADD, like you couldn't fucking tell. But um, but for a lot of people, that's like a chill thing. I mean, Stephen Merritt of the Magnetic Fields writes his music in disco. You know, he's literally listening to other music because his so brain is so big that yeah. it's too easy for him otherwise, you know. What I find good is that like um, someone responded to this 
uh, with something that I find uh, like quite true where they say, people who are insecure interpret every behavior they witness as performative because it would be from them. Yeah, that's, and I think that's the crux of it. That really is. But like performance is such a weird thing because like we all have people we want to be. Like maybe you want to be fit and you go to the gym and you run and you wear the gym clothes, you know, you, or, or you want to be like smart. So you take a course, read a book, go to college. You know, we're all shaping ourselves, but it's not, there's a difference between that and being fake. There's a difference between, you know, faking it till you make it as in trying to be the person you want to be and actually faking it being like pretending to be something you're not Mm -hmm. for a purpose yeah yeah and there's definitely like aspects of like dating someone i mean it's it's there's a great quote that i've read probably on twitter as well obviously where we get all of our great quotes um, which is goes somewhere along the lines of um I can't wait uh, to meet my new boyfriend and find out what my new personality is going to be which there's a truth to that I mean we all mirror the people that we love to a certain extent because you're spending so much time with them you're you're talking to them you're you're finding uh, you're getting knowledge from them and uh, you know you shape yourself to a certain degree because you're two separate people and you know in order to live together as as two separate beings you're bound to mesh a little bit Uh, absolutely in a way I think like I think of myself as my my personality is an amalgam of all the people I've been friends with and all the people I've dated. Yeah. And I don't know what I would, if I if I were to take away one of those people, my humor would be different, my things I'm, you know, it's not a conscious thing. But if, if you're with someone and they're listening to a bunch of bands of a genre that you don't like, unless you're like, Ugh, I'm going to tune it out, um, you're going to start to get interested in some of it yeah. or at least be aware of it and understand it yeah. and, you know... But yeah, so of course we have we we leave marks on each other, right? What's the point of being alive if you don't? You know? Exactly, yeah. And I remember someone uh, before at a party. Um, he, uh, I was, I mentioned that I was dating you, and he and he knew you. Um, and I, I think I mentioned his age, and uh, sorry, I mentioned your age and my age, and he was like. God, and you've been together for, I think at this point it was like two years, maybe three years. And he was like, oh, really? Oh, God, I, I, I couldn't imagine being in a relationship with uh, like that serious. At your age, I think I was like 23 or something like that. Like, because I just changed so much, you know, in my, from my early 20s to my late 20s. I just couldn't imagine um, getting with someone, you know, uh, and locking it down in your early 20s. Like I just stopped developing um, and my personality just like grinds to a halt once you go into a long-term relationship. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I think, um, you know, the, the one of the saddest things about when people get older is their inability to enjoy new things and to mm-hmm. change. And it's really tragic. And that I don't know where that line is. It's different for everybody, but it's scary. But also, yeah, of course, like any relationship where you can't let the other person change and the nature of the relationship change is is more like a prison than a relationship. People, I mean, I guess we've been talking around it the whole this thing. It's like the limits that people set on each other, good and bad. But um, like 
we all do that and maybe it's always bad but at the same time like a healthy relationship is about supporting the other person you know like so while we've been together we've supported each other to move to a different country i've supported you to go into education uh, again to go back to, to college you know yeah. you've supported me through lots of uh health problems that i've had yeah. and into tra- changing my career like a couple of times and and support in in this context means like accepting the fact that the person is not going to be as present like when you're you're doing a course just there on top of your job you weren't as present or like um just making allowance for the fact that someday somebody is even the biggest cool girl i'm sure jennifer lawrence like uh has days where she has pms and 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 is a is a monster to be around or um i don't know um jared leto has days where he eats a bunch of hamburgers trying to think of a a female or a male jennifer lawrence i don't know what that would be but it's probably not jared leto no (laughs) <laughs> try to pick someone that isn't like a, a known psychopath but uh, <laughs> but like yeah yeah no it's like the idea that that like all there's such a so much to talk about with this stuff there's there's such a thing of like all like all men like young attractive women and when a guy gets with a young attractive woman who's like older than her there is a certain kind of thing people being like <laughs> i know what you're there for but like yeah, nobody's dating someone because they're like well, this is what I deserve at my age. You know, what the fuck is this? You know, know. it's nonsense. That guy's perspective was basically that you had uh, trapped me at age 21 (laughs) and put me in amber and poor me because I will never change now. (laughs) I am with Garrett Stack. Based based on looks alone, apparently I did because you haven't aged a day since since we got together. Thanks very much. Thanks very much. I mean... But realistically, I think we're both well-preserved for our age. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it's shrewd shriveling a little bit but but we both look younger than we are and and i guess our personalities are a little bit more goofy and youthful than either of our ages yeah but like that's why we were attracted to each other i mean you were like that when i first met you you know you turned up to our first date with a the messy hair and a, and a and a crazy 70s clothes you know i look like a tarot reader <laughs> You did. I really did. And, you know, you're sitting across from me with nice hair, but with the crazy 70s clothes. And, yeah. you know, um, it, we, I don't think we would have liked each other if we hadn't been like odd people that are a bit socially um, weird and um, like too, too self-aware and whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know. It's like the, this, this, the, the superficial things about people are, are really... Um, not why people stay in relationships because all the stuff i was saying earlier is true and and there are you know you, you've got a story about someone that was like i don't want to tell your stories for you but some girl that was with a hot guy who was being a prick and she was like oh he's the best i can ever get and she stayed with him and he was cheating on her but most people don't do that most people stay with someone because they have they have like things that they connect with and they grow with each other and i think that most relationships aren't like horrible prisons where people don't change and develop they're they wouldn't last if they were especially now when you can break up with someone and you don't lose the farm and get you know kicked onto the street which is another reason why the housing shit in ireland is so bad because people do actually stay together when they shouldn't and stay married and stay living together when they got divorced and i have a friend who's going through a divorce right now and he's going to lose his home and he's already you know lost a lot of things and it's not this isn't nothing to against his wife or anything but the process of 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 divorce is like stealing his life because housing is so expensive Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not how it should be and how it is for most people 
yeah anytime I've tried to force a relationship with someone that I was interested in like mostly because they were just like very attractive um not that you're not very attractive that's not what i'm saying i'm gonna go on record and say i'm not very attractive (laughs) no but like someone who was only superficially into me and i was only superficially into them but i kind of wanted something to happen because i might hormonally i was like connected to them it always was such a nightmare and like felt deceitful in a way Mm -hmm. um trying to pursue something and and, and for something when it, it wasn't there and um, definitely and, and i've been in relationships with people where we had this like fucking crazy sexual chemistry and i was like just want to i don't i'm not even going to say um, but just and 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 you're just kind of trying to hold it together mm-hmm. and you're just trying to like oh they said this thing and i got and it's never been like that with us there's never been that stress of like oh shit like what did she think oh my god i said this thing and oh my god she's so hot not that you're not very you're gorgeous but I've never felt that stress. It's always been easy since the first date, since before our first date, mm-hmm. since the first real conversations we, we ever had. It's always been easy. Karen, that's so sweet. No, it's true though. Because yeah, I always say that you're um, you're a key that, uh, you're a lock that fits many keys and, and I, I'm a weird key that yeah. <laughs> needs a special lock. <laughs> I'll never forget the night that you found out that I am a, a key that fits uh, many locks. <laughs> oh, what night was this? No, we were just talking about it. You were, I think we were like kind of talking through like, uh, like how we felt with other people and that kind of thing. And uh i guess like our our personalities or something and um i think you were like like have you found when uh, dating people that it's always been like you know this this easier or uh, that you've always gotten on or, or all this kind of stuff and um like i think we have an amazing chemistry and it is like the easiest relationship i've ever had um but i think um, I don't know how to no, uh, no, no, approach no. this. It's okay. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> no, but it was. It, I think you're. You came away from that conversation being like, "Oh, Nicole is very agreeable. She gets along with a lot of people." <laughs> yeah, well, agreeableness isn't isn't a bad thing, and I'm yeah. I am a, I'm a pretty disagreeable person, and it, not even just in relationships. And but I don't mean like I I don't go around trying to find fault with people, mm-hmm. but I have like say rigid beliefs but like what the room thinks Mm -hmm. is not what i'm necessarily going to think i'm going to think what i think irrespective of how popular or unpopular it is it's just how i am Mm -hmm. and it it it, it's actually good as a guy for dating because having um i guess what the pickup artist would call a strong frame is is attractive to women like having Mm -hmm. strong not even strong beliefs but just like i think this thing for these reasons and you can disagree with me and that's fine that's attractive but it's not necessarily good for your career or for other shit in your life it can make you seem obstinate and opinionated and arrogant and all that Mm -hmm. shit yeah i I guess what i'm I'm trying to say is that like my previous relationships looked quite different to to what we have you know um like the last person that i dated before you it was actually um like a polyamorous relationship and we can talk about that maybe another time um without disclosing who the person is obviously um and i guess i just you know and before that it was a relationship where like we just kind of didn't really see each other that often and you know we'd meet on the weekends and, and this sort of thing i'd been through different kind of relationship dynamics and maybe that's where my age comes in, where I was just kind of figuring out mm-hmm. what kind of fits me. And in those situations, 
nothing was ever too I just was kind of like yeah this is grand you know um but ultimately this is where I wanted to kind of land on oh. what it's true well that's like that's a good note to, to finish on and uh, uh if I have one piece of advice for anyone listening it's to go see uh everything everywhere all at once as soon as you can because it's really good it's it's really beautiful <laughs> That's it. And you know, there is something very important that we need to do as soon as possible. What's that? Fuck. Well, I ask a psychopath, I get that kind of an answer.